0: Many of your fans, Phyllis, will be delighted to know that another book from you is on the publisher's shelves. And it's called Talking About Detective Fiction. How did it all come about?
1: Well, it began as long ago as 2006 when I had a letter from the then librarian of the Bodleian at the request of the publishing department to write a book in aid of the library.
0: The royalties on talking about detective uh, fiction, are going to the Bodleian. I wonder why you you must have some uh, affection for the dear old place, is that right?
1: Anyone who has any contact with Oxford knows about the Bodleian. It is one of the greatest libraries of the world, and of course it's not only for scholars, it's for everyone who is interested in books and wants information.
0: Some people have heard of Cambridge, haven't they, as well as Oxford? Some people, and I I just wonder... (laughs) There are far more
1: crime writers that we associate with Oxford. You shouldn't be surprised about this, because you have made Oxford the most murderous city in the whole of the United Kingdom. How many body bags have you produced?
0: Well, the final count for Morse was 91 corpses. I didn't count them myself, but somebody sent me 71 corpses and I kept a little card by the television set, plus three or plus two. Uh,
1: Adam Dalvish can't possibly compete with that.
0: <laughs> the central theme of this book, Phyllis, I think, is the development of what we always used to call in our youth detective stories. And these days we drifted towards a, a sort of different nomenclature, haven't we, with a crime novel. Can, can you explain them a little more, more fully than, than Yes, that? well,
1: if we go back to the so-called golden age, it had to be a puzzle, and it had to be an ingenious puzzle, and people had to be killed in very clever, ingenious ways. They take people into an entirely different world. Very often with the modern crime novel, you're taken into the same old violent world that you read about in the newspaper and see on the television. Whereas if we go back into this comfortable village where Miss Marple lives, for example, the vicar might find a body on the study floor, but it doesn't much interfere with the Sunday sermon, and it's all solved by Poirot's grey cells on Miss Marple <laughs> with her knitting. Um, and then the little village is absolutely tranquil and peaceful again until the next murder happens. Um, it's, and, and that is rather reassuring to read. Order is restored at the end, world,
0: really. yes. yes. Yes, I agree. We've been talking, Phyllis, about mostly UK writers and everywhere. We mustn't forget that other countries have uh, an enormous amount of, of literature, especially, I think, recently we've seen it in some of the Scandinavian countries, haven't we?
1: Well, I think it's interesting um, that there are nearly always Protestant countries. People have made this point, which is interesting. And, of course, I have a whole chapter on the detective writer in America, the sort of so-called hard-boiled school, Someone said that um, Roman Catholic countries have a uh, confession and the reading the crime, writer, crime fiction is a way of getting rid of guilt and, and they can go to confession and get rid of it. We have to read crime fiction. Yeah. It's perhaps a little sort of far-fetched, but it is curious.
0: I've not mentioned the wonderful cartoons which uh, feature, I think, in every chapter in this book. I think particularly marvellous is the one about the Hound of the Baskervilles. I
1: think that is the funniest.
0: Every best wish to talking about the detective, both to you, Phyllis, and also, of course, to the Bodleian.
1: Thank you.